if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us on the Bob France Authority at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock as we get started on a Monday, the 29th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Really appreciate you being with us. It's a glorious day. God gave us. Let's use it wisely. The President of the United States is under attack. The President of the United States is under siege. The Presidency of the United States is in peril. We have to address this, my friends. Uh, let me say this so you don't think I'm completely oblivious. Uh, I am fully aware of the terrible, uh, horrific shooting in Gilroy, California, yesterday at the Gilroy Garlic Festival. My wife and I lived in uh, uh, Northern California for a couple of years, about 20 years ago, at the turn of the decade, or turn of the millennium, rather. Uh, I know where Gilroy is. Uh, I know some people down there, some very good people, and our thoughts and prayers. And I know the left hates hearing those things. Whenever there's a shooting, they don't want to hear thoughts and prayers. They want to hear gun bans, gun bans, gun bans. That's all they want to hear. I will not do that today. I will not have that battle. Uh, I will offer my legitimate and most sincere thoughts and prayers to the victims and their families and anybody traumatized by what they saw in that terrible situation. We don't know the details. Uh, we do know that the shooter is dead, and I'm not going to speculate as to what caused it, who he, who he was with, whether it was politically motivated, whether it was terrorism, whether it was anything. I'm not going to do that. We're going to wait and see how things play out. Uh, with the investigation in Gilroy, California. So very well aware of that. Do not, uh, do not, uh, take my lack of conversation about it to be my lack of interest in it. Uh, it is simply something that I want to be responsible about covering. Having said that, what I do want to talk about is the siege and the pres, on the presidency. The president of the United States is under attack from every single angle, uh, in this country that isn't conservative America. The mainstream media has just gone full stop wacko. And the mainstream media, by the way, now includes at least some, if not a lot, of Fox News hosts, including Chris Wallace. To be the worst kind of racial stereotype. Let me finish. Racial stereotyping. Black congressman, majority black district. I mean, no human being 
would want to live there. Is he saying people that live in Baltimore are not human beings? Chris Wallace has just gone off the deep end. He is just flat out a member of the mainstream media working for CNN by way of Fox News. That's just the bottom line here. He is reprehensible. Between the mainstream media, between the online social media, and between elected Democrats, all angles are coming after Donald Trump's presidency, trying to declare him unfit because of race. Not that he is white, but the accusation that he himself does not like people of color. This is the way this ridiculous story about uh, about um, uh, Elijah Cummings is being told, and and the the speed with which it has been passed around one avenue of this country to the other. That Donald Trump is a racist. How do we know? Because he attacked a politician of color. I'd like to take you back for just a short while, if I can. Let's take you back to a story that I gave you about two weeks ago when President Trump was embroiled in the uh, uh, the controversy or the back-and-forth sniping with the squids, otherwise known as the squad, otherwise known as Alexandria Damasio-Cortez, Il, uh, I mean, uh, Jihad Omar, and um, Sharia Tlaib, along with Diana Presley. Uh, you remember the story that I told you, according to a new survey, that a significant number of Democrats in the United States of America believe something that is just almost impossible for us to believe. Quite frankly, it really is. Um, they believe that any time a politician who is white uh, criticizes a politician who is of color, that is a racist act. That politician who did the criticizing is a racist that's that's essentially what it says, or what what the the survey said. How significant? One in every three Democrats believe that. One in every three, not two percent or three percent or four percent. Some fringe number, you know, extremist number of Democrats say that any time you criticize a person of color, it's racism. Thirty. Two percent. That's one in every three Democrats says if you criticize a black politician or a Hispanic politician, you're a racist. No matter what you're criticizing them over. Now, I told you that story two weeks ago. It was a Rasmussen survey. It was shocking. And guess what? Here we are, two, less than two weeks later, really, when this whole thing happened over the weekend, and it is being proven to be true. Donald Trump criticized Elijah Cummings' district and Elijah Cummings' lack of effectiveness at helping the poor people in his rat-infested district, despite millions of dollars of federal aids and grants given to Elijah Cummings' district. What are they doing with that money? Why are the people still living in squalor? Why are the people living in rat-infested neighborhoods? Why are they living in trash heaps? all over various neighborhoods in West Baltimore, which is Elijah Cummings' district. Why and how can that be? But the president isn't allowed to say that because Elijah Cummings is black. And according to the new paradigm, the new, the new model in the United States, in media and in social media, if you criticize a person of color, you're a racist. It just doesn't matter what you're saying. And it also doesn't matter if somebody else has said the exact same thing before without being called a racist. That's a, that doesn't matter anymore. The fact of the matter is, is that America is the wealthiest country in the history of the world. 
But anyone who took the walk that we took, we took around this neighborhood would not think you're in a wealthy nation. You would think that you were in a third world country. Democratic candidate for president Bernie Sanders back in 2015 when he was running for president and he was trying to point out wealth inequality because he's a socialist took the tour of of West Baltimore that we're talking about right now, and you just heard him talk about, described that as a third-world country. I want you to let that sink in. Describe Baltimore as being akin to a third-world country. And was that all? No, of course that wasn't all. He also tweeted, did Bernie Sanders at that time, that residents in the poorest areas of Baltimore have a shorter life expectancy than do North Koreans living under the dictatorship of Kim Jong-un in North Korea. Did anyone call Bernie Sanders a racist for being so critical of a highly black populated area that is that is represented in Congress by a black member of Congress? Did anyone call Bernie Sanders a racist? I don't think they did. I don't think anybody was was criticized for being a racist because he was pointing out truths. Baltimore is a rat infested hellhole. It is covered in filth The people are forced to live in that filth. And Elijah Cummings has represented that district since 1983. By my count, that's 36 years that Elijah Cummings has represented this district. And that spans six different presidencies. Six different presidents in 36 years. President Reagan, President Bush, President Clinton, President Bush, President Obama, and President Trump. Six presidencies. He hasn't gotten anything done for the people of that district through 36 years. And when President Trump calls him out for it, in the same way that Bernie Sanders did, President Trump is a racist. All because of woke racism. That's the new model. Criticize someone of color in a position of leadership, and you are a racist. Friends, we are in serious, serious trouble. Serious trouble. Because the presidency is under attack. The coup has continued. If you thought it ended with the end of the Mueller investigation, you thought wrong. It is in full swing right now. There is an attempt to remove the president from office and, and, and to do so against the will of the people. It is a flat-out coup. This is just the latest angle. This is just the latest uh, example of the depths to which they will stoop to remove the President of the United States. All right, a lot of uh, audio for you today, a lot of uh, important analysis of what happened over the weekend today. I'll give you the president's tweets from the weekend that uh, got all of this going, and I'm going to give you the context as well as to why the president started talking about Elijah Cummings, why he started talking about the horrific conditions in West Baltimore, which is Elijah Cummings' district. I'm going to explain to you why. 
Some people think that the president picked Elijah Cummings because he's black, or the president targeted Elijah Cummings because of his race. The president didn't target or pick anybody. The president was responding, not starting, responding to something that Elijah Cummings said. I'll share that with you as we continue, and I, of course, welcome your phone calls, 216-901-0945, Don't forget, Congressman Jim Jordan will be joining us uh, at 948. He is going to react to all of this, and uh, I really would love to hear from you. 216-901-0945, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. All right, 924 now, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Phone lines are open. So is the social media window. You can uh, hit me up at uh, Twitter and Facebook and Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R, Parler.com. Fantastic new social media site. Uh, Hit me up at any of the above at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. All one word, no spaces, and no underscore. So I mentioned in the last segment that the President of the United States, who is being assailed as a racist for daring to quote-unquote target Elijah Cummings for criticism and his district, um, was doing no such thing. The president was responding. The president was responding in defense of his administration. He was responding in defense of his uh, Department of Homeland Security. He was uh, responding in defense of the Customs and Border Patrol agents who have been attacked so mercilessly by the likes of Elijah Cummings. I'm going to play a little audio here for you of Elijah Cummings attacking Department of Homeland Security Acting Secretary Kevin McAleenan. Now I want you to listen to the anger in his voice, and then I'm going to ask you a question about it. This is Elijah Cummings screaming at uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security. You feel like you're doing a great job, right? Is that what you're saying? We're doing our level best in a very... What does that mean? What does that mean when a child is sitting in their own feces, can't take a shower? Come on, man. What's that about? None of us would have our children in that position. Now, that's just part of what Elijah Cummings said to Kevin McAleen and that raised the ire of President Trump. Before we get to the rest of it, I'll ask you the simple question. Can you imagine a white sitting member of Congress sitting behind that microphone and screaming in such a an incredibly disrespectful manner to a black witness testifying? Can you even imagine? I I, I cannot in a million years imagine how that would be painted. Somebody would say, sounded like an overlord, or an overseer rather, screaming at one of his slaves about what to do. That's how incredibly unprofessional it was for Elijah Cummings, but that's okay. President Trump heard that, number one, and then number two, he also saw videos that were shot by a journalist 
who took a tour of those rat-infested, poverty-stricken, blight-covered areas of West Baltimore. And this was on Fox News. This journalist put this video, these videos on Fox News, and President Trump saw it and said, Oh, my God, I'm going to listen to Elijah Cummings ripping Kevin McAleenan, showing pictures of, of children and people being detained at our border and claiming that these were the worst places in the world. In fact, let me give you the rest of that audio before I get to the President's responses here to prove what I was saying a few moments ago to prove that this is not the president seeking out Elijah Cummings, it's the president responding to Elijah Cummings, who went on to say this to Kevin McAleenan. The thing that I think bothers me the most is that when I see the pictures and I hear the testimony, and by the way, I'm going down there myself, and I'd love for you to accompany me because I want us to see the same things. I can tell you that I'm at a point where I begin to wonder whether there is an empathy deficit, an empathy deficit. I would welcome the opportunity to travel with you to the border and to see our men and women and how hard they are working to care for children. Border Patrol agents holding children that were not their own, brought across by smugglers, putting formula and baby bottles together. There's no one defecating in a Mylar blanket. We are taking care of these children thanks to the resources we finally have. They're moving very quickly through our facilities to Health and Human Services to a better situation. And I'd be happy to show you that at the border, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Secretary, what I want to stop there because what you just heard at the beginning of was Congressman Jim Jordan, who took Elijah Cummings apart at that very same hearing for his unbelievable suggestion that there is no empathy on the part of our Border Patrol agents and our Customs and Border Protection people who are down there doing jobs that they should not be having to do, playing nursemaid to a bunch of unaccompanied children who have been sent across the border in the hopes of pulling their parents across with them or who have been uh, smuggled in or who have been trafficked in they're, they're doing their level best to try to save these kids, and they're being assailed by the likes of Elijah Cummings for the conditions at the border, which are so barbaric and so brutal, screaming at uh, Homeland Security Secretary uh, Kevin McAleenan. That is what President Trump was responding to over the weekend when he tweeted the tweets that have got the entire country screaming, quote, Rep. Elijah Cummings has been a brutal bully, shouting and screaming at the great men and women of Border Patrol about conditions at the southern border, when actually his Baltimore district is far worse and more dangerous. His district is considered the worst in the USA, next tweet, as proven last week during a congressional tour. The border is clean, efficient, and well-run, just very crowded. Cummings District is a disgusting rat and rodent-infested mess. If he spent more time in Baltimore, maybe he could help clean up this very dangerous and filthy place. Tweet 3. Why is so much money sent to the Elijah Cummings District when it is considered the worst run and most dangerous anywhere in the United States? No human being would want to live there. Where is all this money going? How much is stolen? Investigate this corrupt mess immediately now those are the tweets 
that have the left going crazy calling President Trump a racist. Those are the tweets that have the media branding President Trump as a racist. Those are the tweets that were in response to the attacks on his administration by Elijah Cummings. That is not racism. That is, we talk about being a counterpuncher all the time. That is a president saying, why are you so worried about the conditions at the border where illegal aliens are being detained when the people who are American citizens living in your district are living in filth, living in in trash-strewn yards, dumpsters, rats, rodents, everywhere, all of which is true, by the way, as noted by everyone from Bernie Sanders to PBS, who did an entire documentary uh, show on the rats of Baltimore, to Orkin, the pest control company, which ranked Baltimore once again among the top ten cities for rat infestation in America. Why on earth is it suddenly racist for Donald Trump to point those things out? That's what I mean when I say the presidency is under attack. We've known this ever since they started the Mueller investigation, but now that that has wrapped and there is no smoking gun whatsoever, now they are on to their next attempt to impeach over uh, uh, moral grounds, suggesting he is not fit for office because he is a racist. We must fight back, and we will continue to do that right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 937, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. I told you I have a lot more audio for you and a lot more uh, very important follow-ups on this uh, on this story, this this racial race-baiting, racial arson that is being, continuing to be committed by the Democrats who cannot beat Donald Trump, period, on anything having to do with policy. Cannot beat him on the economy, cannot beat him on jobs, cannot beat him on trade, cannot beat him on national security. Refuses to even attempt to, to uh, beat him on immigration, just continuing to stall and do nothing while uh, waving in more and more uh, millions of illegal aliens so they can then claim that he isn't doing enough to take care of them at the border. They cannot beat him on policy, so they have to try to beat him with the politics of personal destruction. He's a racist. He's a misogynist. He's an Islamophobe. He's a homophobe. He's deplorable. He's all of the... This is what they do. They have no other choice. Because they know they cannot win in 2020, especially with this cesspool of candidates that they've got running. Let's listen again now. Uh, I want to want you to hear this. This is this is a Baltimore resident, an African American woman who was one of the women featured uh, by the journalist who took the videos that were ended up on Fox News of the extreme blight and the the rats and the and the you know the slums etc. that so many people in Baltimore are living in despite Elijah Cummings representing them for 36 years in Congress. He has represented them for nearly four decades, and they haven't gotten any better. And this is what one resident thinks about him. The president actually responded to Elijah Cummings. And what he said was definitely true. The house, as far as the house and everything, like I said, he has never done anything for not even one person that I know of. I've never heard anybody say anything about him. And people want to talk about Donald Trump, Donald Trump this, Donald Trump that. Why is this man over there taking care of people at the border? We hungry. We need a place to stay. 
We feel like we're in a concentration camp, and it's, it's just sad. He worried about more about them than his own people. I, I just, that kind of statement, while anecdotal, speaks volumes. The president is right, she said. What has Elijah Cummings done for us? Nothing. Nothing. 36 years he's been there. And he's more worried about the conditions at the detention centers on our southern border than about us living in his district, living in this filth. Filth that, once again, you must be reminded that Democratic presidential hopeful Bernie Sanders called a third world country. The fact of the matter is is that America is the wealthiest country in the history of the world. But anyone who took the walk that we took, we took around this neighborhood would not think you're in a wealthy nation. You would think that you were in a third world country. It, President points out it looks like a third world country, rat infested, rodent infested, garbage infested, crime ridden, and he's a racist. Bernie says it. Crickets. Let me get a couple of calls in here before uh, we get to Congressman Jim Jordan. Uh, Navy man Norm in Strongsville going to lead us off. Hi, Norm. Go right ahead, sir. Um, have you ever heard of uh, Maya Rocky Moore Cummings? I uh, have not. She's a trophy wife of Elijah Cummings. She's about 32 years younger than him, and she runs a private charity. And it seems that uh, her private charity... Uh, has been funneling 5% of management fees from her company, Center for Global Policy Solutions, into her personal charity and pocket. So there's been complaints filed against her charity and her goings-on because these management fees and these profits come from companies who have an interest before the House Oversight Committee something that Mr. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan may want to comment on. Yeah, it that's... That, uh, it seems that Maya Moore Cummings' charity, the Center for Global Policy Solutions, I'm reading from the Daily Caller, mm-hmm. is raising red flags from getting over two hundred fifty to $500,000 funded by companies who have interest before her husband's congressional committee according to the Washington Examiner. So my question is this for the good Congressman Cummings. Why isn't this charity being investigated? You want to investigate the president, and I'm sure that if uh, Laura Trump or Ivanka Trump had a similar arrangement, oh, we'd hear all kinds of wonderful investigations going on, wouldn't we? So that's, that's maybe a question you might want to pose to Congressman Jordan. Well, I'm glad you brought. I'm glad you brought it up, Norm. Thank you so much for the call, um, Con- uh, Congressman Jordan's already had his go rounds with uh, with Elijah Cummings, and 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 I'm, I will try to work that in as well. As a matter of fact, I intend to uh, talk to the congressman about his defense of Secretary McAleen and uh, of Homeland Security after Elijah Cummings screamed at him. And Elijah Cummings uh, uh, talked down to him as if he was some sort of, uh, uh, like I said, some sort of an overlord dressing down or a, or a teacher dressing down a student or a parent dressing down a child. 
uh, in such terrible ways, terribly disrespectful ways, unbecoming of a of a committee leader in the in the House of Representatives, after he screamed at McAleen and, and declared that there must be a, a, an empathy deficit among the Border Patrol agents, meaning they don't have empathy for the illegal aliens and phony asylum seekers who are all being detained after coming into this country illegally uh, and waiting for their uh, uh, for their uh, release. He essentially declared that they don't care about the conditions. They have no empathy. They don't care about the conditions uh, that these people are in. Congressman Jordan rose to the defense of Kevin McAleen and rose to the defense of the Trump administration and all of this, the handling of, of, uh, of everything at the border. Would it, would it have helped if you'd have got the resources when you asked for them? Of course. When did you become secretary? I became acting secretary on April 8th. This or year. April 10th of this year, yes. A couple of weeks later, you asked for money, didn't you? Yes. You asked for money because they won't address the underlying problem. What's causing the problem? They won't fix the asylum law, won't fix floors, won't build the border security wall. Say it's not a crisis, say it's manufactured, say it's contrived when it actually is a crisis. Then the crisis gets even worse, and then they blame you who took the, took the position in April and asked for help three weeks later. And then they wait two and a half months to send the money. And when they send the money, we had the picture a little bit ago of the 40... Individual males in uh, in the uh, adult males in the facility. You ask for ice bed money. What they say? They, they didn't provide. They didn't provide it. And yet you're the bad guy. You take the position in April. Ask for resources a couple weeks later. They deny the resources for two and a half months. And then when the problem gets so bad, they say, "Oh, it's your fault." Even though you've been trying to address the underlying problem. And then when they won't do that, you say, "At least give us money to fix the crisis that you all helped us create because you wouldn't address the underlying problem." It gets so bad. They finally send the money, but they still put limitations on you because they want the political issue. Congressman Jim Jordan taking Elijah Cummings' empathy argument uh, apart, stitch by stitch. All right, going to get a quick ch- time out here at 945. Congressman Jordan will join me live to discuss this and more right here on AM 1420, The Answer. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. Nine forty nine. We continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. This is ridiculous. Let me ask you this: We all know there's a crisis on the border. Does accusing CBP agents of torture help with the crisis? In no way. Does accusing CBP agents of working at concentration camps help with the crisis? No, it obfuscates the real issues. Does it? Do, when, when the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee accuses it, accuses folks down there working hard of negligent homicide, does that help with the crisis? Of course not. Would abolishing ICE help with the crisis? No. Would abolishing your entire agency help with the crisis? No. Does waiting 10, two and a half months to get the 4.6 billion you asked for two weeks after you took the job, does that help with the crisis? No, and it left children in these situations way too long. And we've proven that as soon as we got the resources, we were able to put them in a much better situation. Does denying money for ICE beds help with the problem? No, that's contributing to overcrowding that still exists today. I don't, I don't know how many times you've said it already. You said it with Mr. Roy, some, and I think Mr. Keller. Two things right now would help. Give you the money for the ice beds and fix floors. And you, I think Mr. Keller 
You- we'll stop it there. I just wanted you to get a little bit of uh, Congressman Jim Jordan responding to Elijah Cummings' browbeating and bullying of Homeland Security Secretary Kevin McAleenan in a Jud- uh, Judiciary Committee uh, uh, meeting or uh, hearing, I should say. Congressman Jordan joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Congress, <clears throat> excuse me, Congressman, having a problem with my mic here. Um, thank you for joining us, first of all. How are you, sir? You bet. I'm doing okay. fine, Bob. How you doing? Good. Listen, I, I, you know, this, this imbroglio over the course of uh, the weekend of the president being called a racist for daring to uh, uh, respond to Elijah Cummings' attacks on his administration, his Homeland Security Secretary, or excuse me, Homeland Security uh, Agency, and yeah. the Secretary. Um, it, it's important for people to know the context here. Elijah Cummings declared the conditions at the border for the illegal aliens and phony asylum seekers to be so terrible. Uh, when somebody showed videos of Elijah Cummings' district, uh, you yeah. know, strewn with garbage and littered and, and, and infested with rodents, he points it out and suddenly President Trump is the racist. You were there for what Cummings yeah. did to McAleen. And what do you, what's your takeaway? No, and it's not just, it's not just Chairman Cummings, it's the entire Democrat Party. You know, we've talked about before when they say, you know, abolish ICE, when they say abolish the whole department, the Department of Homeland Security, when they say walls are immoral, when they, when they say non-citizens should vote, and they're all, when, they, when they use all the, all the terms they use to disparage the hardworking people on the border who are trying to do the best job they can. But most importantly, there was a crisis. The president called it a crisis. The Democrat says, no, no, no. It's contrived. It's fake. It's not real. It's manufactured. This is this is the chairman himself coming saying this kind of stuff. And then when the real crisis gets even worse, they say, "Well, wait, wait, wait. We didn't we didn't cause it. The president did. We'll reluctantly give you the money now, but we're not going to let it go for ice beds and the things that really need to happen." And and still try to blame the president. So when they're playing politics, I think the president was right to call out Cummings and say, "Look, what's what's good for one is good for the other." And uh, was just making, I think, an argument over over the weekend that uh, kind of resonates with the American people. Congressman, um, everything you said is right, and the president was responding again to what Cummings said and to the job performance he has done. He's been he's represented that district, if I'm not mistaken, since 1983. That's 36 years spanning six presidencies, and the residents there are still living in squalor. They're still living in filthy conditions. What is he doing with all of the federal funds that are appropriated his district? Why is why are things getting no better there? And why can't we ask those questions about job performance? of a of a, a yeah. politician politician of color without it automatically being aha you're attacking yeah. a politician of color you must be racist yeah they they, they always throw out the racist uh racist uh, label uh, all the time when they don't want to argue uh, on the on the merits of the case um no you're exactly right but I'll, I'll tell you this since the president's been in office guess what african-american unemployment is at its lowest in a long long time overall unemployment is at its low, lowest in 50 years so the president's making a difference for all americans and, and, and that's the message we've got to keep telling people. And I think deep down, I think deep down people are getting that and they understand the difference that this president's made in, you know, a 3.2% growth in our economy, unemployment at its lowest, uh, wage growth going up for middle class and working class families. That's the kind of stuff that resonates and will actually help people all across this country and certainly help people in, uh, in Elijah Cummings district as well. Congressman, obviously, we don't have, we have a limited time with you, and I want to talk more about this with you. But of course, I need to talk to you about what happened uh, on uh, on Wednesday. Um, what an unbelievable moment! As Bob Mueller sat there before you and other members of the uh, of the Judiciary Committee, and then the uh, Intelligence Committee, essentially acknowledging that he knows nothing about what is in his yeah. own report. After sitting there yeah. and watching and participating in that, Congressman Jordan, do you believe he wrote it? And moreover, do you no. think he really truly led the investigation that resulted? 
that report? No, obviously he didn't write it, and, and the people led the investigation were his, were his top staff people, uh, Wiseman and Zebley and Quarles and these people who were on his team, Jeannie Ray. Uh, these are the folks who ran it. Uh, we know that they had a deep bias against the president, but in spite of that, they still couldn't find any any type of coordination or collusion between uh, the president and Russia to impact the election. And, and the, the, the point I think is so important for us all to understand, remember, they investigated 32 months. Ten months, Jim, Jim Comey and the FBI investigated this possible conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia to impact the election. At the end of 10 months, they had nothing because we deposed Jim Comey, and he told us that they had nothing. 22 more months, Bob Mueller does his investigation. They come back, and they have nothing. And the Democrats' answer to all that is, well, let's keep investigating. Maybe we would be better served to look at how the whole false thing started in the first place. And, and the good news is that's exactly what the Justice Department is now looking into. And so hopefully we're going to get the answers to how this whole false accusation against the president got started, got rolling, and, and put the country through three years of turmoil that we didn't have to go through, but they started it and they did it. So let's, let's, let's see if we can figure out how, how it all began. Um, what, what is your response to the Democrats' response of that day? I mean, I think most observers, including a lot of liberal media members who support Bob Mueller and supported the, uh, it really, quite frankly, continue to support impeachment, they all acknowledge this was a terrible day for the Democrats, but they came out there singing yeah. anyway, look what we found, we must follow these steps now toward impeachment. They, they, they refused to take no for an answer when Bob Mueller says, no, I didn't find anything that, was, uh, uh, that, that he could be charged with. Yeah. No, I mean, they're going to do that. They're, I mean... Today's left and, and the Democrat Party are just so far, so far gone, uh, so far left. They're going to they're gonna continue to pursue it even though there's nothing there. The good news is the vast majority of the country know that we shouldn't go down this road. I think a majority of the country didn't believe that we needed to do impeachment before the hearing, and I think that number is even higher after the hearing, which is the good news, because there is no basis for, doing, uh, for, for going through impeachment. But I don't think that stops the Democrats. I mean, Jerry Nadler, Elijah Cummings, uh, these folks are all for doing it, I think. Deep down, Nancy Pelosi is, but she's worried about some of uh, her members, obviously, in the more moderate districts around the country. So um, we'll see how it all shakes out, but I don't think they can help themselves. I've always thought they would, they would continue to pursue this and also at some point do it, but uh, we'll have to just wait and see. My favorite performances during the uh, Mueller hearings uh, were yours, uh, uh, also uh, Congressman Gates, also Congressman Collins, also Congressman Gomert, and also Congressman John Ratcliffe, who really laid it all out there as far as prosecutorial, in my mind, prosecutorial misconduct and even presenting that yeah. second volume and, and introducing things that they had no evidence of whatsoever, saying, well, this might have happened, but we have no evidence of it. Um, yeah. Breaking news today is, of and course, it, he was it, just it, named the Director of National Intelligence. Right. Uh, your reaction to right. that? Good man. No, good man. He'll do a great job, and it's a great pick by the president. Uh, but you're exactly right. John, John's questioning was the fundamentals. From the time you're in grade school, you learn in this country you are innocent until proven guilty. It's not the other way around. You can't invert the standard. You can't flip the burden, which is, in essence, what the special counsel did. They said, we, 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 could, we didn't exonerate him. That's not your job, and that's not the standard. If that was the standard, shoot, we'd all be in trouble in this country. If the government says, we're going to investigate you, and, and hopefully we'll find something that, that shows you're innocent, if not, you're guilty? What? In America? But somehow that was the standard that the special counsel chose to exercise on the obstruction of justice charge uh, in, their, in their report. And it is just flat out wrong. And I thought, as you said, um, Congressman Ratcliffe, hopefully soon to be Director of National Intelligence, Ratcliffe, uh, did a good job. Yeah, and, and, you know, this is one of those weird things. Um, it's kind of like when Jeff Sessions was appointed Attorney General. We lost a great, great senator who did a really wonderful job there. That's the one thing is replacing. I mean, I'm sure um, Congressman Ratcliffe will do a great job in, as DNI, but, uh, but boy, it hurts to lose him in the House. Yeah, yeah, it does. He, in, uh, 
you know, a good man who's been on, on some important committees, Homeland Security, uh, Intelligence, and Judiciary. So, um, but he has the skill set, obviously, as a former U.S. attorney and the, and, the, and the experience he had in Congress, I think the skill set to do a great job as, as head of the ODNI. Last thing, sir, uh, the Supreme Court finally giving the president a little bit of breathing room in order to secure yeah. our southern border. Hence the word secure, hence the word national security, which is why, why should military funds not be allowed to be used for security along our southern border? The Supreme Court uh, uh, said the president can, what, take $2.5 billion. It's a start, not enough, yep. but it's a start. Um, is this maybe a little bit of a, a crack in the armor, if you will, and that maybe, just maybe, uh, uh, we'll be able to get a little bit more uh, movement from, from the president on that border? security wall well i i view it kind of like you do bob i think this is just a recognition that the president's commander-in-chief and what's happening on the border with what the cartels are doing that this is serious business and it is it is about national security it is about border security and to properly secure our border and protect from the drug trade from the human trafficking all the terrible things that are going on you need to build a border security wall that will help tremendously and everyone down there knows it all the agents know it so this is a win for uh the president, more importantly, is a win for the American people. Uh, absolutely. Very well said, sir. Congressman, we are all proud of you, the way you handled your uh, questioning of uh, Mr. Mueller on uh, Wednesday last. Uh, thank you so much for everything you're doing for all of you your bet. constituents here and across this country. Thanks for Very you seriously. Do, and we'll talk to you again soon. We Thanks, get sir. to Gibson Bakery sometime soon. We, we, we do. Yeah. We, next time you're in district, we'll you let me know, and I'll meet you up there. We'll have a donut. We'll, we'll uh, congratulate the victors who also got attorney's fees, uh, about $6.5 million awarded to them yep. uh, by the judge uh, last week as well. So absolutely, I'd love to do it. All right. Thanks, thank, Bob. Take care. thank you, Congressman. There's Congressman Jim Jordan. Yeah, Oberlin is in uh, Congressman's district, as is my home in Elyria. So, uh, yeah, we should definitely meet out there at Gibson's for a donut or two. All right, uh, 10 o'clock, news time now. Your phone calls after. Guest free in hour number two, so let's hear from you. 216-901-0945 on AM 1420.